guys, welcome back to our playground. I'm your host, Ali Fan. Before we get into this episode, I hope you all had a restful time off and that 2022 is off to a good start. We are back and today we are learning how we can all live a more intentional life. I'm joined by Jules Acre, who's a wellness entrepreneur and certified yoga and mindfulness teacher based in Austin, Texas. She's also the founder of Home Buddies, a curated concept shop for sustainable goods from small businesses and brands that make for more intentional, low-waste living. Her content revolves around bringing wellness down to earth and helping her community simplify and find more joy in their daily lives. On this episode of Our Playground, Jules shares her tips for simplifying and creating space to do things that matter to you, her journey as a wellness entrepreneur, and how she is tapping into her Korean roots. As always, please take the time to subscribe and leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating on Spotify takes less than five minutes and it helps the podcast get out to new listeners you can also share this with anyone you think will love this conversation i hope you all have a wonderful week and that you enjoy this amazing conversation now on our playground it's jules acre hi jules welcome to the show i'm super excited to have you on thank you for having me yeah um how has your week been so far it has been a good week, a little busy since we're <laughs> yeah. taking off for the holidays next week, but not too bad. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> it's been pretty good. I'm really excited for the holidays for sure. Just nice. finishing this week. Okay, so I always like to start off the show by asking if you could introduce us to your playground, so what you do and who you are. Awesome. Yeah, my name is Jules, and I run an intentional living platform. So I create a lot of content on YouTube. I do a lot of writing um, and video content. And I also have a an online shop for low waste and intentional home goods. Yes. And we'll, we will get into all that in this episode. But how did you get into your own um, journey of creating a more intentional life? And where did that start? It has been definitely a journey. Um, I started my blog about eight and a half years ago, and that was really the start of me trying to be more aligned with my well wellness, my mental health. Um, and I wasn't necessarily in the intentional living space back then because we kind of grow and evolve, you know, as we learn more about ourselves and dive into our curiosities and our interests. But I'd say it really all started when I moved to Austin from New York and I was trying to find a more sustainable, not just from like a environmental perspective, but sustainable from like a burnout perspective, um, being able to sustain a lifestyle where I'm running my business and enjoying my business, but also living life outside of work and um, just finding a better way to operate. And so I started getting more into digital organization and that's really what I'm most passionate about today. What would you say to someone who doesn't kind of isn't open to the idea um, and like say like they don't have time or the motivation to live a more uh, simplified life? So what would you say to them? I feel like time is always the catalyst. You know, we always feel crunched for time and it's hard to find ways to get more of it. But um, what I found is when I take the time up front to set up systems, to create a routine, 
just try to create habits that are helping me think less on the spot um, and know exactly what I need to do and how to show up to my work instead of starting from scratch every day. That's what's really freed up my time and energy. So in the beginning, it's an investment of time and energy. But once you get into the groove and really lean into your systems that support you, then you're much more able to um, get some of that time back later in the future. Yeah. So I, what was like that transition like from moving to, from New York to Austin? And like, was that like hard for you at all? Yeah, I think um, it was hard leaving my friends and leaving a city that I pretty much spent most of my adulthood in, but I was really ready for the change and the different um, pace of life. Austin has so much nature to offer and it's so much more accessible to do hikes and paddle boarding. And so those are really things that I really enjoy. And I think overall, like it's, it wasn't that hard of a transition because I was, I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And mentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are your favorite ways to kind of make your space? I mean, looking at your office, it's so, so inviting and it's amazing. Anyways, um, how, <laughs> Thank do you, you. how do you create a more, a space that you feel good in? I think it's kind of figuring out what makes you feel good and what triggers you. So I know that clutter causes me a lot of anxiety. And I know that having things just kind of scattered everywhere stresses me out. So I'm really, that's kind of where I leaned into the idea of, you know, simplifying my space, my home, my online, online tools, all those types of things is because clutter causes me anxiety. So um, to create a space that you love, I think, it's, you know, there's minimalism, there's maximalism, you don't really have to put a label on it, you don't have to be all or nothing in either direction. Um, But just kind of knowing what are the things that make you happy? What are the things that stress you out? How can I put more of the things that make me happy in my space? And how can I eliminate more of the things that stress me out? So um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, have you always been like that since you were little? Or was that like something you learned along the way? I definitely was not this way. Um, I actually talk a lot about this in my course, Simplify and Thrive, where I, you know, my my origin story, I was very much attached to sentimental things. I was a clutter bug. I had a hard time letting go of physical items and I had a ton of clothes um, and just stuff everywhere. So I think it was one of those turning points where I realized I can't live like this anymore and realizing the link between my physical space and my anxiety and just trying to create a more calming environment for me and my mental health. Um, that was really where I was like, something needs to change. Yeah. Um, I, I think that like when you see stuff around you, you just feel like you can't think. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love how you just really share a lot about that and how to achieve that. So digital wellness, that's a big thing that you talk about. And I feel like it's something that needs to be talked about more and so as your job is on social media what are your ways that you promote digital wellness i try to set boundaries um i think a lot of people talk about that and it's easy to kind of say you want to limit social media use during certain times of the day 
but how do you actually follow through with that? And so for me, I have to put my phone like out of sight, out of mind, because I really will forget about it if I don't, if I can't see it. So typically, like right now, it's towards the end of the day, I would leave my phone upstairs in my office, and then I would go downstairs for dinner and, you know, spend the rest of my evening with my husband and my dogs and just unwinding. So as long as I leave my tech in another room and remove myself from the environment, then it's definitely easier for me to hold myself accountable to the boundaries that I set. Um, Another thing I like to do is just to remember like my why, like why am I on this platform? Like why am I showing up today? Do I have something to say or am I just kind of scrolling, hoping that inspiration will find me because I know that scrolling doesn't really give me inspiration. It just makes me feel like I am lacking in some way or I need to do more or it makes me really critical of myself. And so I really try to think of what is the point of me going on this platform and what am I here to do today? Yeah, so I want to, um, I would love for you to take us through what a typical day in a life looks like. And I know you do like um, themed day. So each day you have a certain like thing you want to achieve. So could you walk mm-hmm. us through that? Yeah, so today it was my content creation day. And it's usually when I have makeup on and I schedule meetings on this day. So you know, you and I are having a conversation. And so those are normally on Tuesdays and Thursdays where I get dressed and I am presentable, quote unquote, and I'm able to create content. I'm already in that mood. I'm already in that um, environment that I set up. My house is clean. So I kind of batch all those things together. Um, Mondays and Wednesdays, I call them my potato days, which just means I'm like wearing yoga pants and I'm editing on my computer. I'm answering a bunch of emails. I'm just kind of in the weeds of computer stuff. And I'm typically working from a coffee shop with a friend. I try to co-work with friends so that I'm not just isolating myself in my house. Um, so yeah, I have a group of friends that we, uh, meet up with a couple times a week just to get out of the house. But yeah, I'd say every day, I do have themed work days, but I have to be flexible too for things that come up. Um, I also pack orders for my shop throughout the week, and those are typically on my potato days, Mondays and Wednesdays, and Fridays I try to take off work. Yeah, so what are your, some of your non-negotiables that you always have to do every single day that keep you grounded and that kind of set, set your day up for success? I have to clean. I have to do a quick tidy up. So even if it's like five minutes, um, I have to reset my space because if I don't, I won't feel good. I can't concentrate, can't focus. Um, So that's that's a big one. Um, I drink matcha. I have to have that morning drink. It just makes me feel calm and I like the ritual of making it. So that's kind of my me time. And usually when I'm whisking my matcha, I kind of think of what's my intention for today what's like my word of the day it's you know whatever that is I just kind of focus on that like mindful moment during my ritual of making matcha um but I think those are like my two non-negotiables um but also obviously I like to try to fit in movement but that doesn't have to be all or nothing so if I'm not feeling up for a big hit workout then you know just simple stretching or walking my dogs things like that I try to just approach each day like a new day and check in with myself and my body and see how I'm feeling. Yeah, so I I feel like in today's world, um, like as like we're, I mean, we're still in COVID, but 
just like returning back to it we always want to be going and we always want to like be doing something and we feel like we have to be doing something because like of all the time that we kind of lost so how do you listen to yourself when you want to do stuff but then like your mind or your body just isn't with that yeah I think it's tricky and you know I I still experience those moments where I am not feeling motivated for something and I really just don't want to do it but you know in my line of work sometimes I can't choose not to because I have a deadline and a lot of times my work is creative and if I'm not able to come up with creative ideas I have to problem solve in the moment and come up with something but I'd say on a day where I don't have deadlines and I try to find ease with myself. So, you know, if I have a list of things I need to get done, but I'm just like emotionally not feeling like I can do that, I try to look at my list and figure out what are the things that I put on my list that really don't need to be there? What are things that could be moved to next week when I'm feeling better? What are some things that have been stressing me out and I it's unnecessary and maybe I should just take it off my plate completely and not even do it. Um, I think it's just being realistic with your, your to-do list, your bandwidth and what's going to make the most impact in the future. Mm -hmm. So I remember the first time I really got into your content and what you do um it was through like your planning system and on notion and google calendar so i would love if you could walk the listeners through that because i think your system that you have created is it's very it's very um what's the word (laughs) i really like it and yeah i think a lot of people would really benefit from it thank you yeah i think um you know a lot of people look at their calendar and kind of just go by what the default is. And we don't always realize how color can impact our mood and how we feel. And that's something that, you know, I learned in therapy, just how color can impact our, the color in our environment can impact us. Um, And so I was like, why not change my calendar colors? And so I spent a little upfront time to come up with a color palette that complemented each other and colors that I really like. And um, I just wanted to share that with people. So I created that calendar video. Um, and, and that's just like one tiny example of how you can take matters into your own hand to shift something as tiny as shifting your colors to make something that you look at every day a more pleasant thing to look at. So um, I try to approach my systems in a simple way, not overly complicated, but I like to make them look good and feel good. So I think like the trending word is aesthetic, but I think aesthetic does have a purpose because it's pretty to look at. And if it's pretty to look at, then it's more enjoyable. And I'm spending a lot of my day in Notion planning and doing project management and things like that. And so why not make it a place I'm excited to be in? Yeah, so I want to kind of know about your Korean um, heritage and Korean culture. Mm -hmm. So you're half Korean. And so what are some parts of that that you love? And are there any like Korean wellness rituals that you practice? Ooh, that's a good question. I've never actually been asked that before. I think... um, learning more about my Korean culture is something that is new for me because obviously like I grew up 
in a uh, biracial household and a lot of things that were part of Korean culture was something that like I, I noticed we do we did a couple of the traditional things but overall my mom wanted me to fit in as much as possible at school and so she didn't really uh, want to share too much about that side but I do have like my Korean side of the family that I'm extremely close to and so um, I feel like really accepting that side of me and loving it and wanting to learn more is a new thing for me within the last few years um, and it was all after my my grandma and grandpa died on my mom's side my husband and Hanabaji that was really when I started questioning like why didn't I ask more questions why didn't I dive deeper into this while they were alive. And I think my mom too, that was something that she wished that she had embraced as well, instead of trying to be more Americanized and, you know, fit in, like we live in Kentucky growing up. And so it was a very white um, country town. So um, now in hindsight, my mom and I together are diving back into our Korean culture and as simple as listening to Korean music, like that's something that I've really, really loved. Um, I think I've pretty much primarily listened to Korean indie music for the past two two years or so, and they have great music. And then obviously we have great television and movies, and um, I've been following different Korean vloggers. It's just been kind of fun to see how people in Korea are living their lives, and I like to watch those type of content, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so in the whole wellness space, I feel like there is a need for more diversity, specifically with like Asian Americans and also on like mental health and stuff like that. So what are your thoughts on that whole topic? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, being in the wellness space, I got used to seeing a specific type of person um, and even just, you know, growing up watching movies and, and seeing like award shows, there's only a certain type of person that was winning those awards or being featured in those um, in that media. So it's really cool to see more um, diversity coming into these spaces. And it makes me feel like I can see myself and see people like me and women that are just doing really cool things and you know being able to to get recognition because they people have Asians and BIPOC in general we've all been doing these things but maybe the media hasn't shown it so it's really it feels really good to see yeah what's your advice for anyone who wants to like any Asian American that wants to you know kind of be part of that representation in media? I say ditch perfectionism and just go out there and start making things. Um, I think a lot of times I actually have a video I'm, I'm going to put on TikTok soon, but um, it's just all about not feeling like you have to have all your ducks in a row, not feeling like you have to have all the right words that you need to say. The best way to learn is to just get started and put stuff out there. And sometimes, um, quality isn't the way to go it's quantity the more you put things out there the more you learn from those things and then quality comes from the quantity that you put out there does that make sense yeah yeah it's so interesting <laughs> I've literally never heard that I always hear quality <laughs> over quantity but I realized I never asked you when did you get started on social media yeah I well I started 
my blog in 2012, 2012, um, 2011, 2012, it was a little while ago. And that was like my first internet thing. Um, I didn't get on Instagram until a few years later. I kind of always had like a love-hate relationship with it, but I knew that in order to reach new people, I had to get on social media. And so um, that's kind of how I started. And then now I feel like, you know, Instagram is my main platform, but over the last couple of years, I've really just enjoyed creating longer form content, content that people can actually search for on YouTube. Um, And so I've really been putting my focus and energy on that. And I've found so much more joy and fulfillment from doing YouTube videos and writing for my newsletter. And so I kind of show up less on Instagram these days, but I'm so much happier. And I think I've just found like a a better balance for me at this point in my life. Yeah. How has social media changed since you started? Because it's been a really long time. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's very I think it's very different how social media is used. Yeah, it's it's so different. Um, Instagram has changed so much, and I think I don't know if we'll ever get back what it was before. Things are always going to be shifting and evolving. I mean, honestly, I think video content is here to stay, and I'm I'm glad for that because I really do think you know being able to connect with people and seeing their face and hearing their voice. There's just so much um, more authenticity that you can get from a person or learn more about a person that way. I do love photography and writing. And so like Instagram captions and all that is fun. But I do think Instagram has, you know, you're not able to see content once it's posted, you know, like after it's posted, you forget about it 24 hours later. And so it kind of feels like a waste to me. Um, so I think spending more time on platforms that you can actually like direct people to things that you can teach people through video people things that people can search for it's just it feels better I think from an output perspective but also for people who are looking for your content yeah so how do you work how do you pick the brands that you work with and how do you kind of judge them and like be intentional about that I am super, super picky about who I work with. Um, And I think that's just from years of, of doing this and realizing that like, if I'm going to work with a brand, I'm going to recommend it to people who follow me. I want to make sure it's something that I am actually um, a fan of something that I would pay with my own money for. Um, And so I take that really seriously and I try to vet brands based off of my own values, which I guess it depends on like the category, but for like makeup, for example, I really care about clean beauty. You know, I try to stay away from harsh chemicals and things like that. And so that's a value of mine. I really value brands that care about their impact from an environmental perspective. You know, I try not to be too um, strict in either direction. Like I know that there's small local brands that I would support and maybe they're not the most sustainable thing out there, but there has to be a balance. Um, I try not to support like the mass corporations that are polluting the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How did your passion for sustainability come about? Because that's a huge, another huge part of the content you create. I think it just goes hand in hand with intentional living, being intentional about what's in my space, but also being intentional with like how am I contributing and what where my money is going, who I'm supporting. And also like me being a small business, I understand like 
a lot of the hardships that small businesses have to go through and the premiums that they pay just to, you know, bring about a more conscious product. They may make way less money than these corporations that are using things that are more (laughs) not so sustainable, but I'd rather be on the side of trying my hardest to make something as low waste as possible, even if it means less of a margin on my end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you said at the beginning that you also have a small low waste shop called Home Buddies. So how did that start? I have always wanted to see what it was like to have an online shop. And when the pandemic happened, I was like, I don't know, maybe now is the time to follow my curiosity in this and see what this could be like. Um, I didn't have a long-term goal or vision for it. I just wanted to experiment and see what what it could be like. And so far, it's been a really cool learning experience. And we're doing a lot of new things to try to shift um, to be a little bit more in the intentional living space and echo the content that I create. So things will be shifting over and we'll be introducing a couple new products, which is exciting. But yeah, I think overall, it's just one of those things. I set the intention to follow my curiosities and not overthink things and just go for it. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. If it does work out, then cool. So how has your definition of success changed since you started um, the Home Buddies? Because it was kind of different from, you know, being a content creator. Yeah, I think um, success to me is, you know, being for the shop specifically, it it's just being able to enjoy what I'm doing, um, being able to, you know, keep up with our expenses. I definitely don't want to be losing money doing it because it <laughs> takes a lot of time. So how can we create a business that's sustainable for the people working on it, sustainable for me, sustainable um, for the people that we're supporting, um, but then also just like really enjoy what we're doing. Um, and I think it's still like, it's not like my full-time focus. I still focus primarily on content creation. So it's not as much pressure just because it's not my main source of income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on balance. I think I've heard you talk about this on another podcast, but I think it can be something that it's kind of like perfection like when you try to achieve perfection, it doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing with balance. But what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I really think balance is a myth. It doesn't really exist um, because you can never... I think trying to strive for balance is something that just kind of leads to disappointment. Um, our lives are always going to be ebbing and flowing. And some days you're going to have to focus more on other things. There's going to be days where your mom calls and she needs help with some computer thing or some house thing. And so you have to drop what you're doing and help her. And you didn't pencil that in your calendar. You didn't schedule for it, but you still have to do it. You know, we talk a lot about self-care, but part of, you know, trying to give back to ourselves is so that we can better show up for the people in our lives. And so I think that there has to be a an integration. And so I I like to think of it more of like, a work-life integration where it's like, what can I do to set myself up for success? What can I do to set myself up so that when I do have those random days where my calendar is kind of not, things are happening that are not expected, how can I keep things rolling for the most part and not feel like everything's just going to crash and burn? So I think um, 
just setting up systems that feel good to support you, you know, learning how to delegate, learning how to really be intentional about what's on your to-do list, why it's on there, what doesn't need to be there. There's a lot of things we can do and a lot of tools we can grab for to make our lives easier so that when we are having bad days or feeling low energy or random things pop up, we can better handle those situations. Mm -hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on seasonal depression because I think that is like a huge like factor into how you feel Mm -hmm. and especially in the winter months when it's it's dark like half the time how do you um approach that yeah actually seasonal depression I dealt with a lot when I lived in New York um it was really really hard for me that was a big reason I moved to Austin to help make it a little bit better, but I still get seasonal depression, not nearly as um, hardcore (laughs) as when I was living there. But I think what helps me is just like getting outside, even if it's cold, wearing proper clothing so that I'm warm um, first thing in the morning typically because I like to reset my circadian rhythm. And when I'm outside and I get fresh air and a little bit of sun, even if it's overcast, that just like helps to like wake my brain up Um, I think getting dressed is really important. You know, if I go work out and I come back and I'm like, I'm not going to shower. I'm just going to stay in these clothes. Usually that's a bad decision because I'm going to just feel worse. So I think um, shower goes a long way. Um, Putting on makeup if I want to or at least fixing my hair, just like doing simple things that can help externally. That way we can help our body internally help our minds internally (laughs) yeah uh that's super helpful so i would love to hear more about true belly even though you had to let go of it um for anyone who doesn't know what it is if you could give us a brief overview and what you learned from that experience yeah true belly it was our little baby startup app that we created three years ago to help people find restaurants that aligned with their values and their dietary needs. So if you were um, gluten-free, you'd be able to find restaurants that have those qualities in the menu. But also if you're looking to support farm to table or local or places that don't use pesticides, whatever the value is, we had a bunch of different badges that would help you um, kind of filter the restaurants based off of those. Um, But yeah, it was one of those things where We have been working on it for so long. We switched developers halfway through. That really extended the timeline, and we were 100% self-funding it. And I think ultimately, even though we definitely believe in the concept still, um, it just didn't feel right anymore because we knew that we were going to need to dedicate the next five years at least to getting this off the ground. And I'm personally just in a different place in my life now than I was three years ago when we started it. And it just had taken us so long just to get to the point of launching a beta app that I didn't want to focus on that anymore. I really wanted to focus on stuff that I was growing. Homebodies was something I wanted to focus on and I didn't plan on launching a shop. I launched the shop when I didn't, when I was kind of in a lull with True Belly, we didn't really know when the app was going to come out. Um, And then when it did come out, I was like, I can't, do this and homebodies and Jules Acre, Oma the City, all that stuff is just too much. So we decided to let it go. And I think it 
was definitely something that was bittersweet because we worked on it for so long. But ultimately, I'm really glad that we did. And I hope that somebody somebody else does it because I still would love to use the app. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a super cool concept and something that's never really been done before. Um, I want to ask you, if you were to look at your younger self, what would you say to her? I would tell her to not be so hard on herself and to know that just because some days you're down, some days you're feeling not creative, that doesn't mean you're not a creative person. That doesn't mean you're a person who's just sad all the time. You don't have to put a label on any of those things. You're just having up and down days. And I wish I could have like learned to understand like my body and my cycle. Your menstrual cycle is a big part of your mood. And that's something that even as an adult, I'm still learning about, but it all kind of makes more sense now. But I think, yeah, as a kid, I was very much a perfectionist, really hard on myself and would take things like really um, to heart. So I think just finding more ease <laughs> in hindsight. Uh-huh. If you could, I mean, go back to the beginning of your content creation journey with everything what would you do? Would you do anything differently or do you think everything kind of happened for a reason? I think everything has unfolded the way it should have. So I don't really have regrets, but if I could go back, I probably would have focused on YouTube first. Um, I think I had a lot of fear around having my face on the camera. Cause I remember it took me a while just to even show up on IG stories. So I wish, cause you know, growing up I was doing home videos all the time. And I made a fool of myself <laughs> on home videos, just like laughing and having fun and playing. But for some reason, like putting that on the internet, is a much scarier thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like looking back, it would have been really cool if I had started trying to do that. Um, but I don't have regrets. I think it all worked out the way it should have. Mm -hmm. What do you love most about what you do? Um, I love just being able to storytell and share things and tools in my life that have really helped me simplify life, find more ease, and being able to share that with other people. And I have a lot of like tangible, actionable tools that people can integrate into their lives. So like getting to share that and then see and hear from people that have tried them and have benefited from it, um, it really just means a lot and I love connecting with other people who are also just trying to live more intentionally yeah so as you're approaching the new year um what are some things that you're taking into the new year and kind of like what intentions are you going to set that's a good question I literally have scheduled on my calendar to sit down and review my goals and figure out what my word of the year is going to be so I haven't really come up with that yet but I think just off the top of my head my intention is, <laughs> as it is, I feel like every year is to really just continue to simplify because I think the more your business grows, the older you get, the more things just kind of get added onto your plate. And, you know, we're kind of in a point where like, I'm trying to figure out when am I going to have a baby? When am I going to do those types of things? And you never really, there's never really like the perfect time. So I think just trying to um, just be really intentional about who's in my life, who am I spending my time with, who's surrounding me, what friendships am I nurturing, you know, 
what foods am I eating to nourish my body? Just things that I can be more intentional and simple with to just make it easier to make those choices. (laughs) Okay, so we are going to get into some rapid fire questions. So whatever comes to your head first. Okay. So this one isn't really rapid, but I wanted to know. So what's your go-to matcha recipe? Oh, just good old matcha with, uh, I actually use rice milk, hazelnut rice milk right now. Ooh, yum. Okay, fill in the blank, wellness is? Completely individual. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's your perfect weekend activity for your mental health? Um, bike riding. I love bike riding. Okay, what's your most played song right now? Uh, oh, my Korean indie playlist (laughs) on repeat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, your favorite digital creators? Oh, man, so many. Uh, I love Lavendaire. I think she's incredible. Um, uh, Why am I blinking? I, like, watch so many, a lot of Asian-American creators that are in Mm -hmm. the intentional living space. Oh, I love Bliss Bean. Um, Mm -hmm. I love... I literally, I don't know, I'm blinking. <laughs> Sorry. I love so many. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is the last one. How can the listeners connect with you? Um, you all can connect with me on YouTube. Um, Jules Acre is my name. You can find me on Instagram, on TikTok. And I write a newsletter every Sunday called Slow Brew Sundays. And that's like a live journal type of vibe. And I really love um, sharing content on there. Yeah. Okay, that was that's it um thank you so much Jules for coming on the podcast I'm so excited that I got to have you on the show because you're one of those guests that I've like been that's been on my list so to have you on the show it's really cool so thank you oh thank you so much for having me tuning into this week's episode of our playground as always if you enjoyed today's conversation then make sure to review and follow the show on apple podcast and spotify you can also connect with me on tiktok at alifan with two n's see you next week